Good evening. Welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Actually, I am really. Um, thank you for listening, taking the time. And if you like what you hear, please share it uh, with those that you know. Uh, we're in a few hodgepodge uh, things that we want to just talk about. And then we'll uh, just see where it goes. Uh, not a specific agenda like the last time. But there are a few things that I did want to talk about. Um, for all practical purposes, uh, Joe Biden has been declared a winner. Um, however, there are many challenges to that. If you're somebody that is really a believer in the potential for uh, deep conspiracies, uh, there are people who say that, uh, that national intelligence... Uh, is fully aware of what the Democrats have done in some of these key states and that really Trump's uh, count uh, is down by eight or nine million um, when it comes right down to it. We'll have to see. I do not put stock into that, but at the same time, it does seem intriguing. And we are going to talk a little bit about the election because there's a lot of have mixed feelings about it, but we're going to get to that in just a little bit. Uh, in other news regarding the election, um, the uh, Secretary of Defense has been fired. Uh, I don't recall the name of the person replacing him. However, it seems highly likely that the rest of the uh, U.S. Armed Forces will be pulled out of Afghanistan by the end of the year. Hallelujah. Um, if that truly does happen, and that's a big if, um, because the powers that be in Washington, D.C. Uh, don't like that. Um, a war that's been going on for 18 years uh, will have concluded. Probably about 16 years too late. Um, truthfully, we need do need to examine our positions all around the globe. Um, Senator Rand Paul uh, has made the argument when he was running in 2016 for president, uh, he made the argument that, you know, if we're going to commit somewhere uh, to the use of military force, then it needs to be done by an act of Congress. Um put it to a vote, which is why in, um, I believe it was 2011, it may have been 2012, when when there was the reported use of uh, chemical weapons in Syria that allegedly crossed the blue line, or the red line that President Obama had drawn, um, President Obama ultimately had to back down because there was so much uh, backlash by Congress uh, for not getting into the war. That was at the time when the House of Representatives uh, the Tea Party was running strong, and and uh, he was backed down by the people's representatives. And as we proceed through history, we can see, and that's what all Rand Paul is saying, and which I agree with, put it to a vote. If you don't have the votes in Congress to act... 
I'm not talking about a, a defensive strike. That's a completely different thing, and that's something within the powers of commander-in-chief to do. But when you're talking about actually committing troops and committing to uh, a military strategy, um, that requires Congress. We haven't had a declared war uh, since World War II. Uh, the Korean conflict, the Vietnam conflict, the Gulf conflict, the first and second Gulf conflict, we call them wars. We call every one of those wars, but none of them were actually wars. They were all conflicts or police actions in the case of the Korean conflict, uh, simply because there was no vote for a formal declaration of war uh, within the United States. Barack Obama, in fact, uh, when it came to Libya, uh, 20, it was 2011 or 2012, um, he said that the approval of the UN was more important than the approval of Congress for him to conduct military airstrikes. Uh, what happened in Libya to, Mubar to um, Muammar Gaddafi is something, you know, we've heard a lot about how Donald Trump has betrayed allies, and how he is not to be trusted. But let me tell you about Muammar Gaddafi. Here's a guy who's universally in the West, despised, hated. I mean, he's dead now, of course. But let me tell you about trust. When Saddam Hussein was found in his little rat hole in Iraq and put in prison. Uh, Colonel Gaddafi saw the writing on the wall, and he took all of his nuclear development, and he turned it over um, to, I believe it was the UN. And he invited inspectors to come in to certify that he had done so. He feared that what would happen to Saddam Hussein was going to happen to him. And so he was trying to head it off. This action resulted in Libya being taken off of the, the terror list, terrorist list, or as far as state sponsors of terrorism. Does that mean that Gaddafi was a good actor and, and somebody who should be welcomed into your home? No, of course it doesn't. Um, he ruled his people uh, with an iron fist and was very bad to them. But he worked with the United States at great risk. And how was he repaid? He was repaid by the United States seeking him out and facilitating his death. Should he have answered for his crimes against his people and against uh, peoples in the region? Yes, I, yes, he should have. But that should have been done in a court, 
not the way it happened, especially since he had done the things that he had done to prevent it from happening. And you say that Trump is the one that has caused distrust for the United States. While I don't agree with President Bush's decision, Bush 43, decision to place missile uh, defense, missile defense batteries in Eastern European countries. Think about how they must have felt. And think about who was catering to whom when the United States came along after Bush had made this commitment to these countries to do that. Who came along with their reset button? And promised to not do that. All these countries that we were denying entrance into NATO, which we should have. No business protecting them. No business trying to poke the Russian bear unnecessarily. But... It was a commitment we had made. And in, in an effort to reset relations with Russia, the defense of those countries was all willingly sacrificed by the United States. But tell me again about how the world distrusts us because of Trump. So moving on, um, as we proceed to where we're going with the recounts and, and the legal challenges, we can presume certain things, and the likelihood of any of them being turned over is, um, or overturned rather, sorry, it is late at night, um, is very low. Uh, I've already made my peace with that, and we have a uh, uh, soon we will have a an official president elect, Joe Biden, um, with uh, whoever is pulling his strings doing that. Of course, there's also warning shots by Black Lives Matter and Antifa, uh, those peaceful uh, protesters. Of course, remember it's the riots were not nearly as big as the media made out. Um, these, these groups who protest down the street, you know, pigs in a blanket, crime like bacon, referring to the police, um, they've made very clear to the incoming Biden administration that they will only support them as long as they do what they want. And see, that's the problem. You know, we talk about democracy, which, of course, I despise 
talking about the United States as a democracy, although we have essentially, with this election, become one. Um, founders feared the mobs. Uh, the founders uh, feared what would happen um, if you gave them this kind of control where they were able to do it. I mean, it's it's the whole old the whole uh, two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for lunch um, definition of democracy, and we're seeing it come to pass. But now the problem is whenever you lead the mob, the mob is just as likely to turn on you if you don't do what it wants. And so the Biden administration's in a, in a little bit of a predicament because the incoming potential incoming Biden administration's in a predicament, I should say. Because if they don't follow the direction of Antifa or Black Lives Matter or whichever uh, anarchist group you choose to select, then they're going to have to spend some time putting down some riots. For some reason, it's lost on people that were the vast majority of these cities that burned and looting took place were all cities and states that were controlled by Democrats. And so that's not a new situation. So that's going to be a tightrope because they know that their, their, their balance of power, that they know that there was no blue wave. The House the Democrats lost seats. Nancy Pelosi very well may not be the next Speaker of the House. Right now, the Republicans have 50 seats in the Senate with two runoffs in Georgia. And my prediction would be if, as it looks, President Trump loses the election, then my guess is that those runoffs are going to tend towards the Republicans even more so than they normally would in Georgia. And if they go to the Democrats, then that's a 50-50 Senate and the vice president makes the tie, and so or tiebreaker. And so with that situation, it's, it's unlikely that the Biden administration will be a moderate catering to a, a cause of unity administration. But while we're talking about the Senate, just briefly, first of all, um, if you have the opportunity and the means to donate to either um, uh, Purdue or, um, oh, I can't even remember the girl's name, the senator, uh, the uh, I can't remember her name, but it doesn't matter. If you have a chance, uh, opportunity to, and means to donate to either of the Republicans that are running for the Senate in the runoff in Georgia, please do so. You can go look up their websites. It's super easy. They are forecasting that this 
these two elections combined may end up being a billion dollars. They're most important elections, particularly if Biden does indeed win the presidency. Further speaking along the lines of the Senate, uh, in an attempt to ease the fears of Republicans, Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, the maverick or the moderate senator who keeps being reelected by a state that has gone as red as Oklahoma, um, yet voted against uh, Barrett and traditionally votes with the Democrats most of the time. Um, he came out with a statement, or in an interview, he said that he would not, one, support ending the filibuster. Two, he would also not support packing the court if the, if the Democrats have a majority in the Senate. Now, he's saying this for only one reason trying to alleviate the fears of Republicans. Trying to get them to say, well, you know, if we don't if we don't keep the Senate, it's not going to be that bad. Make no mistake. If Chucky Schumer is the majority leader and it comes down to needing Joe Manchin to vote, he's going to receive an enormous amount of pressure and will likely bend. My guess is that this is all intentional to try to ease the worries of Republicans. Incidentally, if the president ends up winning re-election, the Republicans, regardless of what happens in Georgia, have the majority because they have 50 votes, plus the vice president would be the tiebreaker. Yesterday, the Affordable Care Act was uh, argued in the Supreme Court, and what it looks like is that it's likely that the individual mandate um, will be thrown out, but that the Affordable Care Act will stay in place. Now, here's the issue with that. It's a financial issue for the insurance companies. Insurance companies were expecting to receive compensation from that individual mandate in exchange for, you know, keeping premiums reasonable or affordable, if you can believe it. And so, while you're not going to see it this year, if the individual mandate is indeed struck down, right now it's, it's, you're not required to pay, but 
it's still in the books that you're required to buy insurance. Um, but you're just, you're not made to pay the tax, but, um, very convoluted. But if they only strike down that portion and they don't do something in the meantime, which they should have been doing regardless of who wants it done, it won't be so affordable next year. And finally, I want to talk about this date, November 11th. It's a very interesting date because it's, uh, uh, of course, we know it's Veterans Day. And, you know, enough cannot be said over on the, the rim. I uh, talked about how important it is to honor those who have served. I have friends who have served, a lot of friends, being an air traffic controller for in the uh, in uh, in the business for 28 years um a lot of their traffic controllers were uh former military it was a pleasure to serve with them um it's a pleasure to know that we have people that are standing watch And that they're willing to give their all for us. And to them, I give my undying gratitude. It was actually 1938. I think it was 1938. Um, that it became a national holiday. Originally, it was called Armistice Day. And it was called Armistice Day uh, because it was the date... Um, the 11th hour of the 11th day, the 11th month, that the war to end all wars ended. The Great War. World War One. A war so horrendous that, it, that we thought that mankind would never go down that path again. How wrong we were. And so Armistice Day has since become Veterans Day, where we celebrate those veterans who lived, who were willing to sacrifice their all, and they lived. So to the, all of you, thank you. That's not all, though, for November 11th. We have to go back a lot further in history, though. Uh, November 11th, 1620, was the day that the pilgrims made landfall uh, on the May, in the Mayflower after a horrifying voyage. The um, fall storms crossing the Atlantic um, in a quest to find a place where they could worship as they would with no one dictating to them how they should worship. They arrived on the 11th of November in 1620. Just in time 
to prepare for winter. You know, the Marines, you know, yesterday, of course, November 10th, was the, the birth date of the Marine Corps. So, in reality, they get two days in a row. Of course, they're Marines. They probably deserve it. So, it's the Snake River Lib. Have a great night. And we'll talk to you later.